guys, if you see this now and you're Alan Dukes, look at what you're a part of. Why would you, why are you trying to do this and not be journalists? Why, you know, are you going to tell this of what happened last night? Are you going to put this out there, media, or are you going to say, we'll have to see what the narrative is? I'm, I'm going to be looking. I didn't even get a chance to look at my phone last night. All this was happening. And uh, so I don't have any, I don't know how bad the media was, how bad they tried to discredit everything here. And um, by the way, everyone, there's 50 states represented now that we're here. And I think this just is, a, it, this even opens up the eyes even more. By the way, tens of millions of people have watched this now on frankspeech.com, OAN, RSBN, all these channels that have streamed it live. And that's, that's the breakthrough. We've got to keep it so you can keep going to frankspeech.com, get the word out, get the word out. We'll be getting the word out every day. They can't kill this, our voice ever again. We've, and... Uh, but the journalists, if you're out there and you're a journalist, you need to know this is our country. This isn't about any politics or president or anything. If we don't get rid of these machines and computers in our election, it's over. They stole this thing that could, you know, you can say, oh, Mike, it wasn't China, it wasn't this, but does it matter? They did it through the, it doesn't even matter who did it anymore. It's over. If we don't, you know, Dominion, right, you know, attacking these people, you know, you've seen it yesterday, Tina Peters and, uh, and this guy last night, and there's bad actors involved with that. This afternoon when they come up, you're going to see, you're going to see, hear some stuff, you know. So if nothing else, if this revealed, right, and we got to see it firsthand, firsthand, but right before the symposium, they shut down three servers because what? Because they didn't want this to come out? Then they, then they sue OAN and, and, Net, and uh, Newsmax just because they're going to fit here and try and do their job as, as journalists and as news media outlets. This is where our country's gone. You take away the, the free speech. And so they go after me and they're going, well, we try and crush this company and, and take everything from them. And, uh, and then they go after physically. Now I got to go around with a bodyguard for who knows how long. And I don't like bodyguards. I like to be my, I like to have American freedom to drive around, to do what I want, to not worry, to be able to take pictures with people. This morning I had a guy come up to my window and I, and I couldn't, I said, no, I can't. Not because I fear, because of what happened. And he, and he goes like this and he's got a badge. I don't know if it's real or not. And you've got to realize I've been in all walks of life. I've had guns to my head, swords to my throat. Back when I was in addiction, I've had, you know, I've had that. But this is, so I don't have any fear like that, but I have fear that all of you just, just that they can crush us. I have fear for our country that they, that my fear is that every, I only have fear, Lord, but I don't, I'm not fearing for myself or whatever, but all of you, you have to take fear out of this now. This is what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do last night, attacking that, per, that guy's family. And see, what is that doing? Here's where it starts. So you got when this thing started, OAN and Newsmax, they get, they get sued. So what does that do? All the other journalists, even if they would talk, instead of just hammering and bashing and being part of this narrative, like you see Dr. Shiva put up there, all the people behind this and this, this, this enemies of our country, but no matter what party. 
And they did that to put fear into any other journalists that might want to say something or any other news outlets. You know, they've been doing it to OAN for, <laughs> since the beginning. Newsmax has went this way and that way because he's in fear. They're in fear. But now, like, I, I actually talked to um, um, Newsmax, and, and I said, you know, they're all in, you know. They don't, you know, they realize now we're in, we're in a fight for our lives here, for our country, for our American dream. And, and then you got these things here, so they start taking it down, and it's out there trying to discredit. You just heard, you just heard Colonel Phil Waldron. These guys, I couldn't believe it. I'm going, I'm going, what? So they stick, it's called some poison pill in so that everybody's stuff would have been um, ruined so you, they take your computers or whatever it is. I didn't even understand it all. I go, what? We've got Antifa things or people that have infiltrated, they're telling me this morning, and I'm going, and you know what? I would have said no, the shows, we're going to keep going and what we're doing. But after what happened to me last night, I'm going, I don't want, I don't want that, you know. I want to be, we want to be safe here. So if they're, uh, if what I'm doing, I'm, I'm giving that data to them, like he said, here, you guys can take it. He's going to put it under that Protection Act for our country. And, uh, and that's it when we leave here. But I will tell you this. this the, the main thing here is, I, is the eye-opener to our country. Every single state represented in here, you need to go back. And you need to go back and say, you know what? We have had an evil that has come in. And in this day and age, if you get a hack and, and a cyber hack at a gas line, or even our power grid, or even, uh, you know, credit cards or whatever, you know, you can, you can get through. It's a, it's a huge money thing. It costs money. But you know what? You can, if you take an election with a cyber, with a cyber attack, it's over. Because now you have everything. And you're never getting it back. I talked a couple months ago to people in Venezuela where it happened to them. And they've been praying for 20 years, or 15 or 20 years, that something would happen out there because they've been down there saying, you know, hey, we're, you know, this happened to us. Our country's gone. And it was a few short years in a blink of an eye. And he said, we, nobody listens. Nobody listens to us. They don't believe us. Well, you can see the powers out there that block us from even hearing them. I talked to one gal that she's not even allowed to leave the country. So she hides out. They said, you can stay with your family here. But if you leave, you're done. And, anyone, and you know, they're tracking her. These are the things I've heard since I've gotten into this. It's like being in the biggest spy movie I've ever been in in my life. And I've been in everything you can imagine. I've had, when I was 20-some years old, I, I owed money to the mafia for sports betting. They come to my house and I'm hiding in the corner. They leave a note, pay by tonight or things are going to be very physical. Well, I paid them. But I said, so I've been down this track with evil. And I've been in Mexico where they were cutting my head off. And I and, uh, and I, you know, God protected me. And God's protecting our country. I will tell you, like Kendra prayed there, God is protecting us as our nation. He's had his hand in all this. This is the beginning here. This day, this day, this symposium will start, will light the spark for every single state and every single person in our country to realize what happened here. And we count on the journalists, if you're out there, if you're the CNNs, MSNBC, if you're the Daily Beast, if you're the Business Insider, now is the, not the day to do your hit jobs and make fun for, for whatever it is, sensationalism or whatever you're doing it for. Now is the day you report the truth. You need to report the truth. You need to report the truth. It starts with that. 
Alan Duke or Martin, if you're out there, now is the day that you need to report the truth. Don't put those fake fact checker checks on this stuff. All the work that you've seen here with Dr. Frank, Dr. Shiva, and all the other ones that flew in here, they're, they're not getting paid. They flew in here. You heard Dr. Shiva's story of how he got down to the bottom of this and he's been attacked. Scott, these people are some of the smartest IQs in America. They didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, they can make fun of me like uh, Jimmy, oh, who's this pillow guy that came out of nowhere? The only reason I'm up here is because I had, God gave me a platform for a voice for such a time as this. These guys, I represent all of you, all of you. I, this, is, this is what he, my platform, these other guys, he put us all together, everyone you've seen on this stage, even Phil Waldron there that was there, this, he was the one guy I had met before, it, and different people all of a sudden, I, you know, I'd be out there and, and I could, if, it, it would take, it'll be the movie <laughs> beyond belief, but every person I met in, in November and December, it was like this person would come into my life, just divinely, this person, and I meet thousands upon thousands of people all the time. But it's like it would say, okay, this, this is gonna be important, this is gonna be important, this is gonna be important. And, and all these guys have been, they're heroes, what they've done. You have, and then you had, you know, you can't discredit them. How does the media discredit a Dr. Frank or a Dr. Shiva or the people that have been up here? They've, you know, they just in mathematics alone, and you look at that, look at, look at Dr. Frank. So he figures out mathematics, but you can go to your own voter rolls, registration, you can get it from your Secretary of State's office. Everybody was doing that before that wanted to. You check it, and there it is. Mathematically, you just, we were attacked. We were attacked by a computer. It could only be done by a computer. But what did they do? The Secretary of State's, they, took, they won't let you get it now. Now let's think about that. They won't let you get it. You ask him why, we ask you why. If you're a secretary of state out there of any state, I don't care what party, why? Why, Brad Rassenberg, will you not give, will you not, you know, hold stuff back? It doesn't make sense to us. We're all Americans, we're all people. This was one nation under God. I don't get it. I'm sitting here so perplexed. I've been here, I'm going, you think this is thing? And I've, I've watched the last few days. I think there's other stuff going on too. I think this person has been entrusted that I've trusted for a long time. All of a sudden I'm going, I don't know anymore. Over here, I don't know anymore. And I've had to live in this space my whole life where I've been in bad places. I've been everywhere from no forks to four forks and everywhere in between. And, yeah, and uh, but, it's just everybody out there, one of, the, one of the greatest things of Donald Trump when I met him was he was so, so common sense. It was common sense. He just, okay, here's a problem, here's a solution. But he had a gift to know what it's going to manifest to to help all people. And we haven't had that in politics for a long time where you make a decision and it's supposed to be we elect them for the people. For the people. And it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I start... You know, get in and get with all politicians on both sides. I was thrown into this, this ex-crack addict, thrown into this mix with people that I, I used to be afraid to see somebody with a tie on. It would be like it was insecurities. Like I had this, you know, um, wound of inside that, oh, he's, you know, I'm not as good as him. And, I, you know, I'm running around in a T-shirt. Now I wear ties all the time because, I, you know, it's, it's the thing to do. But I'm still that same person that back then, but what I learned, I didn't change. I started looking at all these politicians and going, what, 
what agenda is that? You know, what, what, I don't get it. Why would you want to do this? On both sides. And I look at people and I could read them and go, you know, they don't have the people's back. And then it was all, even in campaigns, how much money we can raise. Do you know right now in Minnesota, they got a hit piece on me, the DFL, I, they couldn't find it yesterday on my phone. You just got to have to trust me. And uh, they're reading it and saying bad things about me for this symposium and say, and say that, uh, and then at the end it says, send money to the DFL, you know, that we're going to do election integrity. I know what it was. It said Republicans in Minnesota have tried to, sub to take away our good elections and by take away, you know, you know make them worse, you know, to expand on the election, to, to, to suppress the election. It's the opposite. What I've seen is everything you say is flipped on its head. It's like, a, it's like a cheater that cheats on you and they accuse you of cheating and it's them. It does, you know, and, I, and uh, I look at that and I'm going, okay, this is why we're here today is that I didn't think, you know, when, when I put the platform frankspeechoutthere.com, when I did that, you know, it came out and it was supposed to be, you know, this social media, everybody talking. And one of the things when we launched that, that part, the, they just went in there and attacked like you've never seen before. They made fun of me on TV, like Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, I, there's attack, there's attack, like I'm making it up. No, there were millions, millions of the, their, their bots, whatever they are. I don't know that, I'm not a tech guy. But one of the things that kept going on there was the stream. So they tripped everything down, but that voice kept going out. That one page on there kept going out. And you look back at that divine connection there, that went out, and if that Frank, we did a two-day, called it a Frankathon, and we went out and out, and I wanted to get the voice out there. Well, you know what came out of that? Jimmy Kimmel watched 19 hours of that, he says, and I ended up on his show. What did that do? It got the voice out there, even though you guys all say, oh, he attacked, attacked. And I'm gonna say another, that he said in the middle of that commercial, everybody needs to know this, he was torn in the middle of that, we got at the halfway point and I said, I said, you know, Jimmy, we need to all, people need to talk about people on both sides. We're divided. We're not a racist country. And I said, look, if they tried to attack you last summer, Jimmy had done blackface in the 90s. And he looked at me and he said, Mike, he said, the difference is I did something bad. All you did was back a man you believe in. And now you think about that. We just by us talking there, we were, you know, getting, then he had an agenda that came from his ABC, who knows, up to, I don't know who gives the orders. I don't know if Sucker gives the orders on CNN. I don't know where they come from. But, it, but he had this agenda. He had to go through each hit on there. Right down, you all watched it, one after another. And I could just feel him being torn, that he wanted to, you know, to, that I could get through this without destroying me. And I just kept giving the answers. One of the things I'll tell you, everybody, it's a lot easy to go, and for me to go on that media, all media, because you know what? If you tell the truth, it doesn't matter. And, and when we got done, when we got done with that show, and you know, this is COVID, all, they're all doing the, this bump thing or whatever. He shook my hand and he you know, basically wished me well. Nobody's seen that on TV. Now, he probably didn't want me to tell you that because they got a shtick they got to do, right? It's all this shtick. So there's another thing I'm going to reach out to all the TV out there, the Hollywood, the late night talk show host, the late, you know, you know what you're doing to our country. If you're going to get there, why don't you talk about what really happened during the day instead of 
um, you know, start mocking it or doing it in ways. You know, the, it goes all over. Saturday Night Live, what do they do? You know, you know, attack and make fun of something. Well, this isn't a time to make fun of anything, everybody. This is our country. This is our country. And I am so, they can't take away that all 50 states are represented here. And the word's going to go back to every single state. And this is not going to go down and be forgotten. It cannot be forgotten. Because it's over. The one thing we get out of here and everyone's going to say, well, Mike, you know, when are they going to pull the election down? How do I know? How do I know? That's good. It's in God's hands. I don't know. I'm just doing every day what I believe God's telling me I should do when I pray. That's it. And, and I will say, though, we have a bigger chance of whatever we're doing by every state. And you go and, you know, these machines, these computers got to go because it only takes one attack there. You could get attacked on a, on a gas line. You could have another attack over here with our, all our credit cards. You could have com big companies attacked. You could have our meet, you know, all, anything attacked. But if you attack an election, you only got to get through once. And that's it. You control it forever. You control the country. And they'll put in there, oh, they're bringing it back to Venezuela. Venezuela is where the machine started. Smartmatic started in Venezuela. I got a whole video. I've spent millions of dollars investigating this. They're built to take, they're built as a tool to take countries. If, and why do you think, you know, you had Eduardo here from, from Brazil. The same thing. It's an identical mirror to what happened here. And they've seen that. I talked to them way back in January, and he said, they showed me what was happening to their country. I was going to go over there. They had media that attacks them. They had machines there too. And you know what? I got a call from them. I was scheduled to go there for three weeks to help their country. I had stuff I was going to do speaking. I do evangelical speaking at big ch churches in the Amazon. They were going to bring me down there. They called, and you know what they said? You need to stay. When I came out and they were all attacking me, you need to stay in your country and save it. You know, you need to get the word out because if it goes out here, they don't have a chance. That's why he was here yesterday. That's why he was here to make that case. I've got calls from countries around the world. Here's an ex-crack addict. I'm getting calls by people so high up in government going, don't back down, please. They're pleading, pleading. Citizens too, from Australia, from the Philippines, from Israel. By the way, does everybody know that Israel during this time got a cyber attack from China? This is stuff we've announced here. This all happened during three, these three days. This is a spiritual battle of epic proportion. We knew this. They're all coming together. All this stuff is revealing itself, everybody. This is, when I told you the mistakes they made when they took the two senators in Georgia, I prayed that they would take them both. I want everybody to get that. If, they, if they'd have gave back one and just said, here, take the Republican back to people, shut up about the election. Everyone in this country would have said, oh, you know, just wait till we got, we got the Senate. Wait till 2022. We'll get them back. We would have, the world would have ended there. We, we were done if they do that. I prayed they took them both. When they took them both, everybody's going, oh, we're, we're scared. We're in fear. So then what happens? January 6th. No, I wasn't there, media. But I'll tell you what, if you don't think that was, whether it was a setup, which we, if, I believe it was, that's my opinion, subjective, but I will tell you this, evil was involved in that because they wanted it. That if, if, what did we do? What everybody did after January 6th, nobody could talk about anything. If you did, 
you were going to get shut down, it was like Nazi Germany. Boom, overnight it happened. It didn't, they didn't wait till we've seen on the video of 2035. Overnight it happened. Boom, they took the president's Twitter and everyone, and you could take a president and everybody was going down. Everybody. Till the miracle that I was given that piece of evidence on January 9th. So I had something to go out there because my voice wasn't when, at, the, at the White House when I went to see the president. If I could sit here and tell you the divine things that happened in the White House there that day, I got pushed around. He, goes, bring it. he said, bring it up to the lawyers. It was stuff for this country. He said, bring it up to the lawyers and do a piece of paper that lawyers would give me. I never read them. Is that divine or what? I can sit here and tell you I never read them. And that was so important because you know what? They got opened up by the lawyers. They sent me back downstairs to wait. They told me, no, you can go. I said, no, I'm not leaving until, until they see this. This was the evidence. I go outside of the White House and I'm holding those two papers. Nobody gets let out the back there. I said, can I? but they know me. I said, can I go out there and use my phone? And they said, sure, Mike. So there's nobody out there. Now, I'm going to tell you, I had those papers in my hand just crumbled. And they took that picture. The odds of that, the Washington Post taking that picture was insurmountable. It's crazy. I would never be carrying it. If I had read them, I certainly wouldn't be hanging around with them. They had just given them back. And what is the odds that it says martial law on there, that that's the one piece sitting there? And everyone's going, wow, that's, you know, what a terrible thing. That's the reason I'm sitting here talking, because the media was never going to talk to me. But when, that, when he took that picture, I looked over the hill, and they were running like buffalo coming over the hill, the media falling over each other. And I'm going on the phone with my son. I go, I've never seen like this. I got to go. And they ran down the hill and they stopped where they can't go any further by the west wing there, like sheep. And I said, and I said, would you all like to, would you all like me to answer questions? And they all go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, this, they thought that they had the gold mine in history, right? And I said, I said, you know what? I changed my mind. I said, you're all going to find something real nice to say about me. And I went back in the White House. Now I went across and I, and I went out of there defeated, thinking I, this, they sent me out, shooed me out of there, and I couldn't get this evidence to them. And they didn't. It's like, are you kidding me? I'm sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. I went back and we had got there. It was, it was amazing, divine appointments even to get there. We had to drive seven hours in Texas, take a plane in the middle of the night to get there, not even know if we could get in the White House. The odds of getting in there were, I couldn't just call up and say, I want to go in the White House. People, that's a preconceived notion. I didn't have the president's number then. People, you know, we were, we were friends from afar. We had not just sat down. We hadn't sat down together since uh, the first meeting in January, or August 15th of 2016, where we had had one-on-one. And I get, we get across to Virginia. There's about, there was eight of us, and we're sitting there in Virginia. And all of a sudden, my daughter, I look at my phone, and she says, get out of there. It was the picture of me holding it said, martial law. And I look at that, I'm going, no. Now remember, this is just days after January 6th. Now you think of that. Where am I going, right? Everyone else, if everyone else had that, you would have been going, you would have started bawling on the thing going, it's over for me, right? Well, I looked at that, that the odds of that happening, I always look back and say, you, when you, I look at God and say, the odds of this happening is one in a million, one in a billion. This could, and this could never happen to anyone. And when do you add them together? When do you consider it a miracle? And I knew right there that that was a miracle. And, I, and you would say, well, how was that a miracle? Well, what happened after that? The media from that day forward, it's never let up for me. 
every single moment from the day I get up. It's 18 hours a day. We are so blessed that I have great people at my pillow where I can sit there and, and just put it all in for our country. And that's the platform. But just think, if they hadn't seen that martial law, do you know what they would have done? They wouldn't have said one word to me. They were not talking to me, the media. Does everybody understand that? That platform, even having a platform of everybody knowing me because of millions of pillow ads and having that platform, and here I have something so important to our country, but it doesn't matter what you have if you can't, if your truth will not get out, if, nobody, if everybody's suppressing it. That's what we were up against. That's why the platform, when Jimmy Kimmel said, why, why would you of everybody get that? Well, do you ever think maybe God chose that for such a time as this? Now, that's what it is. God, I give God the glory. Uh, I couldn't, do you know, I couldn't talk to two people when I came out of addiction. I couldn't talk to two people. If you'd have told me my calling, when I, when I, wasn't, when I was not um, either high or drinking or something, I couldn't talk to people. I had a wound from childhood, and that's where addiction comes from. You get traumatized or you get um, something happens in childhood. My parents divorced when I was seven years old. Back in 1969, when divorces weren't common. And, and you know what? When they divorced, I got put into a new school I'd never been to. I felt like an outcast. You know, there were, I was the only kid from a broken home there. And, I, and it was like, I felt different. I felt, uh, you know, I, I got quiet. I wouldn't talk to people I didn't know. I would do things to show off instead of, you know, to try and fit in. Like jump out of a moving bus window and say, hey, watch me do this. Now, and these, this is the way it went. This is the way it went back there. I had these insecurities, the devil's lies that got in there saying, you're not good enough, you're unworthy. You know, you can't get in fear of rejection. You can't get rejected if you don't talk to people. And that's the way I had become. And I got to my, I got to my class reunion. I had dropped out of college in the first quarter. And I got to my class reunion and my five-year reunion. And all of them were finishing college. They had just finished college, started families. They had um, advanced their careers. I'd worked at a drive-in movie and a gas, or I mean, a, and a grocery store. And I had fired at the grocery store because I was telling, telling the owner, telling him that he's running it wrong. He says, Mike, you know, why don't you get your own business sometime and run it the way you want to run it? Now, I didn't like things like, I didn't like things like if somebody died. One of the things was if somebody died, they, in, in, the, in that corporate America, in that world, you know, if it's your, if it's your uncle, you'll be back tomorrow. If it's your parents, we'll give you three days. If it's anyone else, you better be back tomorrow. You know, we do it my pillow. If someone dies, we don't judge them and say, if someone close to them, even if it's a, a friend, a neighbor, whatever, they, we pay them while they're out grieving as long as they want, period. We pay them for, you know, for them to, that's the last thing they need to worry about is money. Our employees, if something happens to them, these are things I put in place. These are, we have employees, if something happens to them and they have a, a, a thing, a critical injury or some are critical where they can, you know, they have a, maybe life-threatening. We don't have, we have workman's comp, sure, but the workman's comp doesn't cover, this is at home. We pay them while they're out, whatever it is. We pay them, pay them their regular check, the last thing they need to worry about if they have a loved one that's hurting. We pay them while they're out. If we have an employee, they call me if there's deviations. You know, do you remember we talked about deviations in this election? I run my company like that. Everybody should run their company like that. You know what it is? 500 of my employees have my direct phone number. You say out of 2,500. And you know what? You know what? 
if they call, they call when there's a deviation. It might be, um, hey, Mike, the, uh, you know, um, the pillows are coming down. This guy's not even on the line. And they're red. They're, they're painted red. They would call. That's something out of the ordinary. If employee, if employee, they see another employee and he comes in and he's even acting different, I'll get that call. I have a lady, Melissa, now that runs our recovery center now, the LindellRecoveryNetwork.org. But I, I used to take them calls and say, are you okay, are you okay to talk to the person? If he, was, if he was addicted, we would pay him while he is in there getting help, pay to him to go in there and get help. So because those excuse would be, well, I'm trying to, I can't get off work. I can't take off work because I can't, I'm supporting my family. No, you're, you might be an addict and you're not supporting them. You need help. You go in and, uh, and we pay them while they're in there. So they don't have to worry about their family so they can get in the help they need. Um, and, but, but in that, in that center, I'll say this in between what I'm saying, but that's the LindellRecoveryNetwork.org. I built that platform. It's online, it's free. Because right now, everybody's out there that, that is hurting out there, looking for hope. And, but, back, but go back to that class reunion. I got to that class reunion, and I, I went and I said, I hear all these stories from them, but I took over the reunion. I said, yeah, I said, I know, I, went, I was on my motorcycle, I got uh, 18 traffic tickets out running the cops, and then I was going skydiving, riding my motorcycle, I'm telling this at the class reunion, riding there, I fell asleep on it, crashed the motorcycle, got back up all bloody, I had to go down and do this jump so I could free fall on the next one. I got down there and my parachute did malfunction. I, they figure I hit the ground 50, 60 miles an hour. And so I'm telling this story and taking over this. And then I go, and then I owe the mafia. They came to my house. Look at this bag. It's in my book. Look at this bag. Paid by tonight or things are going to get very physical. The book. And these guys are all going, whoa, whoa. But that's all I had. I went home and I laid in bed and I cried that night going, you know, I, I wanted what they had. I wanted what they had. I, had, I, I felt I had nothing. You know, I, but I had to just put that, that was my, that was my, and that's what addiction does. You get an addiction, then I got into cocaine. When I got into cocaine, there was a, addiction is false courage, it masks pain, it does all of, all of these things. It, it uh, the, the fear of rejection, that I could talk to people then. So, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm putting this all to is, everyone out there, do you know right now in our country, I'm going to tell you about, I spent a lot of time in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis, okay, with my, yes, the dealers, I said, other than my one, one dark dealer's mom, this Christian lady, she, she prayed in the corner for all of us, all the time, and I'm down there, and, and we, uh, you know, when they sit there and tell us that we're, that we're a divided country, um, you guys have all heard the story, when I, uh, when I went in, in 2008, I was up for 14 days as uh, on crack, and I'm sitting down there, and all three of the drug dealers, I come out of the thing, the biggest drug dealers in Minneapolis, I come out, and they're waiting for me, and I go, what are you guys doing? They knew of each other, but they had never met. And they said, they go, um, I go, what are you guys doing? And they go, you've been up for 14 days, and uh, we're cutting you off. I go, what is this, an intervention? And they go, call it whatever you want, Mike. Now, two of them left, and they went, one of them went down the streets. I find out later, if you, see, if you see some crazy white guy with a mustache, you don't sell him anything or we're coming, or we're gonna, you know, you're going to get it. 
Well, the one guy stayed up and he sat in the other chair and I'm down to a few crack rocks and I'm carpet farming. Any crack addict will know what that is. Scraping my pipe. And I sat there and I, finally he fell asleep. And I stuck down to the streets of Minneapolis, right where that, all, the, all the evil was and all the fires that are burned out down there. My friend's buildings got burned there that I have from back then. They had started new lives and they got burned out. But I come back, I went down to the streets of Minneapolis at 2.30 in the morning and I couldn't buy crack anywhere. They looked at me and they backed off as I'm sitting there going, hey, I need some, you know, get some crack. I was offering $100 for $5 worth. And they're going, it didn't matter. And realize these are addicts on the street too. They got that word out and had that much threat over them. So I came back upstairs. I came back upstairs and he was waiting up for me. And he says the words he said, because I would always tell them that I, would come, I was going to quit someday and come back and help them. And I said to him, he goes, man, you've been promising us for years that this my pillow thing is just a platform for God. And you're going to quit someday and come back and help us get out of this addiction world we're living in. And, he, and, he, and then he goes, give me your phone. I'm going to take a picture. You're going to need it for that book you've been telling us about you're going to write someday. It's on the cover of my book, that picture. And two of those guys work for me now. They're born-again Christians. <laughs> and as I look at that, the point being is, we're not, what they've tried to do, we're not a racist country. We're not racist. We're all people. This is the, right now, the, you know, conquer and divide and all these things. You look at what happened in Minneapolis when they burned out all those places. Those weren't people, my friends that lived down there. Those were their businesses. Those were their businesses. They had got off drugs and changed their life. Do you know right now, and I said, remember when I said from the Rose Garden when the president had me out there and I said, a nation had turned its back on God and we need to get back in the word and our Bibles and spend time with our families. And we prayed for grace. We said, God, please give us grace. Well, you know what? There's a, they did a poll in a prison in Kansas. And in this poll, it said, how many, how many inmates that are in there? Now, those are felons where the, um, the, the parents got together, got married, planned to have their baby, had their baby, and were still married while, those, while that guy was in there. What do you think? Zero. Zero percent. You get up to county level jail and it goes up and it goes up. It just, it just tells you how, more, how important the family is. The family is. And you get down in the, in, the, in the cities, what they've done to the black communities, where, the, where the, I lived it, where the grandmother is the matriarch. And, the, and the, the father in the 60s used to be the patriarch. And it can, it's not just because they're black. I lived it. I came from that broken home. So I lived it. I fit right in. And all this stuff that manifested to my addiction and my thing and getting off course. God bless me because I was a functioning addict. I'll tell you what out there. Anyone out there that says addiction is just someone in the streets and homeless? No. Addiction, it doesn't matter how many forks you eat with. It's everywhere. And I'll tell you right now. When they opened them borders and, you, and, they, and all the fentanyl and stuff coming in, now you've got, I always wondered, back when I was doing cocaine, I said, what if I knew that there was poison in it? Would I still do it? And this actually happened to me in Mexico when I told you about the sword. You know what? I did it and I knew it was poison. 
And this is what's happening to our children out there now that are taking drugs, taking drugs, and they know their friends might have died, their family members might have died. All these, all these things going on. And one in four has thought of suicide in the last year and a half because what they've done to our country. This stuff was all preconceived. You've seen that movie. This was all planned out, everything. To put fear in, to start with fear here, fear here, fear here. To take us down from one of the, in December of 2019, everybody was in their happy place. We were even saying Merry Christmas. And you know what? At that point though, people weren't looking for hope because it was here. People don't look for something for hopeful. They don't look for hope when things are all going good. It's like praying for God. You have reactionary prayers. You know how many reactionary prayers I had in my life? I get into bed, please God, get me out of this. I'll never do it again. Please God, get me out of this. I'll never do it again. Well, I was blessed. It would always happen to me. I would get through it. I almost became complacent. Do you all know you see me wear my cross on TV? And you know what? I, didn't, I wasn't saved there yet. I wanted to be that person. I wasn't doing it to sell pillows. I wore it in the crack houses when I was there. I wanted something. When I met Kendra, she had something I didn't have. She had a personal relationship with Jesus. She had that personal relationship. I didn't get saved until February 18, 2017, everybody. 2017. And, and, how, and, what, and how did I get saved? Because I seen stuff. Remember, I use mathematics to prove God exists. I go, this, this couldn't happen to anybody. My friends looked at the, when I was in the White House, when the president invited me that time, I walked around the table, first time I walked in the White House, I'm going, I can't even believe with my past, I can even get within 20 feet of the White House. I get invited in there and, and I, um, well, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. In 1973, I think it was 73, there's a famous, very famous picture of Richard Nixon and Elvis Presley. Do you ever remember that picture? Well, in that picture, I'm a huge Elvis plant fan. But back then I was a kid and I'd seen that picture and, it was, and I said, wow, you gotta be Elvis Presley to meet a president. I didn't think it the other way, it was really weird. And I never forgot that picture. And then as my past and I did things and I you know, broke the law and I, you know, DWIs, all these different things, I thought there's no way I could, one of the things that always went through my mind, I could never be in the, I could never be in the White House. Well, the day that I got invited for that summit in the White House, that manufacturer summit, I walked into the White House and on the wall, it's like the third picture in is that picture of Elvis and Richard Nixon. And I got chills and I'm going, wow. I'm going through there and I'm getting, I sit down, I sit down at the table and there's 12 of us there and there's an empty seat here. And they go, I go, who's sitting here? And the, the tour guys tell me, he goes, he goes, the president. And I'm going, wow. So I sit down and we go live on national TV. And there's me sitting here. You guys have seen the picture in here. You know what my friends said at home? All my friends that were still on drugs, they go, what is this ex-crack addict sitting next to the president? Jesus is real because this is impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. You guys, that's impossible. It's impossible. I'm sitting up here. I couldn't talk to people before. It's one of my, it was one of my, my most th things I would fear mostly was speaking in public, speaking to two people, much less a million or two million. You know, and you can say, well, you did it on camera. Well, all these things that kept happening, I'm going, I, I, every, through all these divine appointments, you read my book, that happened to me 
over the over these last four years, up to two or up three years, up until 2017, February 18th, when I got saved, it's impossible if God wasn't involved. So I got on my knees and I surrendered to God. I surrendered to Jesus at that at that place in that Operation Restore Warrior. Now let me tell you, it was a peace. It was a for, I, I forgive myself for stuff I had done way back then, just like Jesus had forgiven me. But I'll tell you, I walked out of there. And it was like lifted off me. I had no fear. In fact, I went out and spoke in U.S. Bank Stadium with 50,000 millennials, and I had to lead a prayer to a guy that couldn't talk. And I got out of there. This was this big Christian event out there. And my granddaughter and I, two weeks later, went to, went to this amusement park, Valley Fair in Minnesota. And all these kids, these millennials, are coming up to me. And they're going... Mike, I, I got saved there. What you said was, he goes, and we, we had a little bit of my story there. They interviewed me for five minutes. These are Christian speakers and, and bands, and there's 50,000 of them. And they go, and this meant more than they just kept coming up, by the droves coming up. And they're going, Mike, or they're going, Mike, Mike, Mike. It wasn't about the pillow. It's about what that was said there. My story changed them. It got them to Jesus, my past. And I'm going, and I'm sitting there. I'm going, wow, it was God confirming to me. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings and all way acknowledge him and he will guide your path. But my granddaughter got sick of people coming up. She goes, he's my grandpa and we need to go on rides, you know. And, but when, since that time though, I've become proactive in prayer. When you heard me from the Rose Garden and I said, we ought to get time, spend time in our Bibles. Now I'm going to tell you this, everybody. The everything, people come up to me all the time. Mike, I prayed, I prayed and it didn't come true. It didn't manifest out, it didn't come true. I prayed that Donald Trump would stay in office. I prayed that he'd win. I prayed that the election, that they do something January 14th. I prayed for January 6th. I prayed for the inauguration. I prayed for whatever they were praying for. People come up to me all the time and say, you know, that and I said, you know what? It might not be God's will. And where is God's will? God's will is in the word. And if you stay in the word, they align and you can be proactive in prayer and our prayers align with God's will. And that's what we all need to do. We need to surrender and we need to pray. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for the people out there that are hurting, that are hurting inside because of what's already been done. All people inside there, you know, some, you know, I, you know what they said? This was said, a speech that was done in California. I was just there. A guy got up there and he called, he was calling Democrats and stuff. It's calling them idiots. Idiots. This is before he was introducing me. He was calling these idiots, idiots, and idiots this. I, I was mortified. I got up there and I said, you know what? There's no idiots. I said, do you ever think? I said, I have my friends that are Democrats and liberals. I have some of my kids that are liberals. I said, they're not idiots. They have a lot of them, a lot of the things over here, they've been brainwashed by what? The media, the fake news. They, put, they took God out of our schools. They, took, they infiltrated our colleges. They brainwashed our kids saying socialism is good. That's what they did to our country. They boiled us like a frog for decades. They boiled us. It was like boiled us, okay? Well, then they came in for the big kill this year, last year. They came in. Okay, now's the time. Let's take their country. How are we going to do it? Let's use it with computers so we don't even have to fire a shot. 
And that's where we're at, America. That's where we're at. If the lights go out here, like Ronald Reagan said, they, we are a beacon on a hill, they go out everywhere. This is it right now. You cannot live in fear. We have to just go out. There's such a time as this. This is the only time that you can't save it for tomorrow, your fear. You gotta get up right now and stand up for our country and our freedom and the American dream. Thank you.